Hey, welcome to this Wednesday edition of Facebook Live here on the KSL News Radio Facebook page, as well as my own Lee Lonsberry Facebook page. If you're on the Lee Lonsberry page, there's a story I'd like you to take a look at. It is written by KSL News Radio reporter Mary Richards, who will join us on this Facebook Live here in about 10 minutes. Uh, I'm going to try to flex my technological muscles and see if I can arrange uh, a little side-by-side video thing, anxious to uh, to give that a shot. Uh, and we're going to talk uh, later on with Mary about a story she has been covering this morning coming out of Utah County. You hear so much about this contact tracing and how when there are positive cases, there are teams from the various departments of health that go to work trying to uh, backtrack that person's movement and investigate where it might have been that they contracted the coronavirus. Well, uh, the experts in Utah County did just that after a handful of folks presented with the coronavirus. And you know what they discovered? They discovered that there was a cluster of individuals who had contracted the coronavirus after working uh, at a single company. And how is it that they come to contract this coronavirus? Well, The claims are that they were instructed by their employer to disregard the guidelines laid out by the county and state departments of health and to ignore uh, the advice by health officials. And again, the accusation is that because of that, uh, because of that disregard for the guidelines, that they uh, have come down with their coronavirus. Uh, We've also learned that there was a a second company uh, that had similar guidelines handed down from ownership, and that also led to an outbreak. Uh, One of these two companies has had to close its doors uh, entirely to combat this. Uh, The other has had to uh, dramatically scale back its operations. So uh, again, in in about 10 minutes or so, we'll be joined uh, by Mary Richards, and she's going to talk about uh, what she has learned in Utah County, what she has learned about these two Utah County businesses. Now, we don't know what we don't know which companies these are, which businesses they are, nor do we even know which industry they're in. And I'm not sure if that's relevant. It may be, you know, as we make our decisions uh, as to whether or not we patronize certain places. Uh, but at the moment, we don't know. Later on uh, on my radio program today, we will hear from officials from the Utah Department of Health, as well as the Utah County Commission. Tanner Ainge, uh, a commissioner, uh, will be on the program today as well as a health officer from the Utah uh, Department of Health. Anyway, that is all a preview of things to come. Uh, Before we chat with Mary, though, I do want to talk to you uh, about a story which started about a month ago. And it uh, it came as a result of a a lawsuit filed by the ACLU here in the state of Utah. What the ACLU here uh, in Utah did was requested, it it filed a, a petition of sorts, Uh, requesting that the Utah Supreme Court rule that Utah officials take immediate steps to release uh, certain incarcerated individuals, specifically in the county jails. And uh, their request was that those who are incarcerated but not yet convicted be released, Uh, those who have been convicted and have less than 180 days left on their sentence uh, be released, and then then, he, then they ask this. Uh, again, this is the ACLU uh, petitioning the Utah Supreme Court to release certain inmates. They requested that all those who have a uh, high risk of complications should they contract the coronavirus uh, be released. So again, 
the ACLU is requesting that three categories of inmates be released. Those incarcerated who have yet to be convicted. So those are those, you know, awaiting bail hearings and such like that. Also, those who have fewer than 180 days left on whatever sentence uh, they are serving. And then lastly, those, all of those who have a high risk of complications should they contract the coronavirus. Now, we have learned here in the state of Utah and around the country that this does have dire consequences. There are stories here in the state of Utah. In fact, we shared on my radio program, which airs uh, <laughs> a shameless plug here, from 1 to 3 on uh, KSL News Radio uh, and on KSLNewsRadio.com if you'd like to join me there. Again, uh, from 1 to 3, we'll be talking about uh, this very issue. And uh, we're trying to, let me just double check and see if we've been able to secure this interview yet. Uh, Sim Gill is the Salt Lake County District Attorney, uh, and he has, uh, subsequent to this petition being filed by uh, the ACLU here in the state of Utah, has uh, responded to that, or at least uh, submitted a, a document uh, which lays out the the county's response. So he, uh, along with uh, Sheriff Rivera, uh, they have explained their situation. They have explained the things that the Salt Lake County Jail has done in an effort to combat this coronavirus. And it is uh, far short of what the ACLU is requesting. And so the question is, uh, do you, if you are the Supreme Court of Utah, do you respond to this ACLU petition and say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Let them go free. Let them go free. Let those uh, who are awaiting bail hearings, let them go free. Let those who still have a debt yet to pay to society of under 180 days, let them go free. Then this third category, which is uh, what I want to talk to you here about, should we be releasing all those prisoners? And now listen, sorry for this tangent. I just got to clarify this. Uh, We're going to later be hearing from Salt Lake County, but This petition filed by the ACLU uh, expands to all counties in the state. Uh, It would like to see uh, the sheriffs of each county in Utah uh, to do this, to release uh, those who have not yet been convicted, to release those who have less than 180 days uh, left in their sentence, and all those who are at a high risk for complications should they contract the coronavirus. Uh, that's the ACLU's re- re- request. Uh, we today will be focusing on uh, Salt Lake County if we were able to uh, to line up a conversation with uh, the district attorney, uh, Sim Gill. Uh, what we do have, though, is the, the memorandum filed by uh, the county along with uh, the county sheriff, Sheriff Rivera. Uh, anyway, I want to talk to you for a moment about uh, these categories and what they really mean. Specifically, the third category, the one that the ACLU describes as those inmates who are at a high risk uh, for complications should they contract the coronavirus, COVID-19. And we've heard from the uh, various health officials uh, around the state and around the country uh, as they describe what these comorbidities may be. That is those of an advanced age, over 65, uh, those with, uh, you know, problems with their immune system, uh, and also those with uh, respiratory complications, uh, the obese, uh, those who have, again, comorbidities. Now, I don't mean to generalize the inmates. I'm sure they're wonderful people, 
but they have, in finding themselves incarcerated in any one of the jails across the state of Utah, have demonstrated certain lacks of discipline or certain shortcomings when it comes to discipline. And I don't mean to overgeneralize or speculate because I'm no demographer, uh, but I do play one occasionally on the radio. I would guess that they may have lacked the ability to exercise uh, other uh, disciplines in their life. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe they are not the healthiest of people. And maybe, just maybe, uh, those incarcerated in Utah's jails represent a pretty large percent of the population uh, of those folks who carry with them a high risk of complications should they contract the coronavirus. So uh, that's something we're going to be covering on the program today. I have uh, a document filed, again, by Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill, as well as Salt Lake County Sheriff Rosie Rivera. They talk about the things that have been done in Salt Lake County's jail uh, to safeguard the inmates against uh, the, the coronavirus. So uh, that's going to come up on today's program. Probably going to have that conversation just after. Uh, oh, I, great news. Uh, I'm just getting a note from uh, producer Amy. She tells me that just after 2.20, we will be speaking to uh, uh, Sim Gill, district attorney for the county. So that's, that's wonderful news. We're going to get his take on things. We're going to get his explanation of the efforts being undertaken uh, by his office and the uh, the sheriff's office and uh, da, 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 I am I'm getting uh, some some updates from uh, producer Amy. She says also uh, at eleven o'clock there's a oh shoot there's a press conference on that double homicide from last week. If you remember, uh, we were following that. Uh, there was a a SWAT standoff of sorts, uh, and there will be a press conference uh, in just under an hour. Uh, to that effect. We'll have that, uh, if we're able, uh, broadcast here uh, via Facebook and over on uh, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM, or of course uh, on the app uh, and at KSLnewsradio.com. All right, uh, we're going to take a, a break from that topic and move uh, now to uh, another topic dealing with uh, parents and children and young students and how things are going at home. And I'm excited for this conversation because for a number of reasons. First off, uh, I'm going to be speaking in a moment to Mary Richards, and I miss her very much. We, in the olden days, before I was relegated here to this uh, rat cage of a guest bedroom, uh, you know, to practice good social distancing and all that, uh, it was always a treat to, to cross paths with Mary Richards and trade notes, see what stories she was working on each day, uh, and just be exposed to her overall goodness. And she's, uh, thank you to the uh, magic of technology uh, joining us now. Mary, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I I'm impressed that I'm able to pull this off. I uh, am not I typically know. the more technologically uh, savvy folks in our building, but uh, but look at this. Uh, we're doing one of these lives together. It's beautiful. And my backyard tree is actually looking pretty good. Like it in, looks like it. my it's hair. When when I saw you come up, we, the, the, the you know behind the scenes here, there's like a little waiting room, uh, and so I saw when you popped up, and I saw those trees behind you, and I thought, is she hanging out in Mayor Mendenhall's backyard? Yeah, <laughs> I have a Salt Lake resident. She's my mayor. <laughs> I'm actually hanging out behind my back wall to get the the router so that uh, I can be quiet, and my children are inside doing their schoolwork, but I'm still getting a good connection, and you won't hear any disruptions from what? my online remote schooling. You, you sound great. You look great. The connection is strong. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell us about this uh, schooling. Tell us about how your kids are doing with 
with this as they, you've got kids of various ages and they're engaged in learning. It's been about a month now. How are they holding up? Yeah. So it depends on the child. I have five children. Uh, the oldest is a freshman in high school and the youngest is just a three-year-old. She was doing like a one or two day a week, a week preschool before this all closed. So depending on our personalities, depends on how they're doing. And depending on how mom is doing and dad is doing each day also depends on how they're doing. I figure if I can keep my attitude positive, they seem to kind of follow. So my two older boys, the ninth grader and the sixth grader, they're pretty good self-starters. And they really are handling this very well. I'm so impressed with them taking initiative, working on their assignments, trying to get everything done, really recognizing the nature of what we're in. Maybe because they're older. The two little boys that are in third and first grade take a little more persuading every day. And sometimes I drop the whole, would you treat your teacher this way? No, you know, sort of thing on them to try to bribe and cajole them into getting their work done. It's been it's been hard. They miss their teachers. In fact, yesterday there was an opportunity to go down to the school and to safely pick up all the materials you weren't able to get when we you know, stopped this on what, March 12th or whatever. And I almost cried with them because they still couldn't see their teacher for safety. They had one worker bring them out with gloves and a mask. Here's your art projects from your desk. And we almost cried like the school's just right there. Can we just go in? Can I almost wanted to just push my kids and just take them back. Please teach them. <laughs> so that's where we're at. We're kind of in a just enduring kind of yeah. phase right now. Well, let me just say, I follow you on the social media and stuff. And in this new coronavirus era, that's really the best way we have to you know, keep tabs on our friends and coworkers. And you have been posting uh, the most positive and wonderful things. I, I know you have a house full of kids. I know that you and your husband are you know, trying to maintain your full-time jobs. And you do expert reporting here on these airwaves. And, uh, and I've only got one little baby. She doesn't even have any school requirements yet. Super <laughs> uh, happy and fed and clean. Uh, but you're doing a masterful job. And I'd like to point out something you posted just yesterday. And thank you for both your example and your service. Uh, you uh, are you collected one of those kits to produce uh, the, the healthcare worker mask, the PPE. Uh, I saw you there with your three-year-old in your lap uh, working on the sewing machine yesterday. And it warmed my heart. Yeah. And, pushed me to try to find ways that I could maybe get myself involved in serving. I get to, a little caught up and feeling sorry for myself and to see you in your circumstance with all the things that you are juggling and doing so successfully and to know that on top of that, that you are adding the elements of service. Uh, you, you're a good example. I'm grateful to know you. I'm grateful for, for all you're doing. I don't know. I, I have a sewing machine my mother-in-law gave me and I am so grateful for it. It's used to patch knees and I, to tell you the truth, yesterday was a hard day. I, I had some moments of tears of this whole thing and my first grader having a rough time and trying to teach him and all these things. And I realized that when I serve or when I can serve, it does help me get out of myself and out of that woe is me kind of, you know, attitude. And so that really did help reset me. I've got uh, about 10 of them done. I need to do 90 more. Well, that's <laughs> so awesome. like yeah, no, no problem. You got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kids go to your zoom mom's sewing <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me let me shift gears with you for just a moment you uh are, are a reporter here at ksl news radio you get assignments each day today's assignment was uh, an interesting one out of utah county the allegation is that there are two utah county businesses who have instructed their employees to ignore the guidelines handed down by uh health officials what, what have you learned on that front 
Yeah, that was a fascinating story. We first learned about it from a letter from the Utah County Commission saying, starting out by saying, please follow these best practices when you start to reopen. By the way, here's what happened with two businesses where they did not. Apparently, one employer told the employees, even after they tested positive, ignore that, come to work. Don't quarantine. We need you at work. And then the cases spread. Uh, about half of the people at that company or that business ended up testing positive for coronavirus, COVID-19. And between two businesses in Utah County, they, it led to 68 cases. So we've been following that up this morning on the radio. In fact, David Ejanovic having a couple of good conversations on that. Uh, learning a little bit more. They won't tell us the businesses. Um, I believe they are manufacturing. So there wasn't... Um, mm-hmm a public front where the people would come in and also spread that way. But they did contact tracing to figure this out. And, and there were some penalties. One of the businesses had to fully close for a while and kind of follow some uh, cleaning and disinfecting rules. And then uh, I'm not sure what kind of sanctions they may face after that, but, but uh, the chamber down there, Utah Valley chamber, just stressing and reiterating again, and Tanner Ainge with the Utah County commission saying, we need people to follow the rules and guidelines so that we can, reopen carefully otherwise this is going to set us back so far to have these kinds of uh, things happen let me ask you this one of these two businesses has had to close its doors or at least cease operation does that come as was that the health department authority uh flexed to make that the case or yeah i believe so i believe it's under the public emergency rules you know what i mean uh where they do have that authority when they set that rule for the county they can do that to the business um it's not permanently closed in fact we're trying to find out uh if and we should have those answers by afternoon drive if if it's if those companies businesses have reopened and and how they're doing now and how their employees are doing because it's one thing to to talk about the business. It's also another to talk about the people and hope that they're okay. And, and you, you mentioned the highest likelihood is that these are manufacturing businesses. And that's probably of some, without us knowing, you know, specifically which company, that's probably of some comfort to folks who may be starting their day, uh, planning their, you know, their, their events of the day and asking themselves, uh, is there a chance that I may be walking through the doors of a place who, whose ownership instructed their employees to disregard all these uh, guidelines? Am I risking uh, my own health? And so the highest of likelihood, you know, unless you uh, are patronizing manufacturing plants, which is, uh, you know, a much narrower section of the population, folks at least uh, in Utah County are likely uh, safeguarded or at least insulated from, from these instances. But we'll continue right. to throughout the day. Yeah, for sure. And we only know, again, that they were in two different places in Utah County. So not like right by each other. Utah County's big. So, and, yeah. but yeah, like you said, we'll follow it throughout the day. All right. Uh, I miss you, Mary. I can't wait you to be under uh, the same roof with you again, working in the newsroom. Uh, this too shall pass. Oh. We'll get through it. And you, your example of positivity and service is, uh, at least it's it, it's a help to me, and I'm sure it's a help to so many others. Thanks for your work this morning on these stories. Thank you. Okay, good luck. See you later. All right, take it easy. Bye-bye. Well, how about that? That was pretty cool. We got, uh, for the first time, a guest here on uh, the Facebook Live. Uh, that's pretty good. I was anxious. I was nervous to to see if it was actually going to work out. And uh, it was wonderful of Mary to be so generous to uh, lend us some of her time in the morning as she uh, takes care of both her family, uh, her her professional responsibilities. And as we learned here this morning, uh, some of the service that she's rendering 
uh, to the community by putting together some of these uh, masks in that uh, wonderful project. Let me uh, give you a quick look at what's coming up on today's program. Uh, and then I've got a stack of comments from, from you folks. I'm grateful to you uh, for having sent those in. I'm going to get to those and respond to them in just a minute. We've got about 10 minutes before I need to sign off and get out of the way uh, for other people to take over this Facebook Live. But let me uh, talk to you about some of the things coming up. We're going to hear, as I said, uh, from Sim Gill. He will be speaking to us uh, at 2.20, we're going to be talking about a memo that he has uh, sent in conjunction with the Salt Lake County Sheriff uh, regarding a petition filed by the ACLU to release uh, a large number of prisoners from Salt Lake County's jails. Uh, the ACLU, I should point out, has requested that the Utah Supreme Court uh, pretty much open the doors and uh, let the inmates out. Now, it's not that extreme. Uh, what they're asking for is those uh, who have yet to be convicted, uh, awaiting a bail hearing or something like that, that they be released. Uh, they're also asking that those with under 180 days left in their sentence or their debt to society, that they be released. And also the third category of individuals they request uh, to be released are those uh, who uh, have certain comorbidities that would put them at a higher risk of uh, you know, maybe losing their life or experiencing some serious complications should they contract the coronavirus. Uh, Sim Gill, in this document, uh, which he, uh, along with the, the sheriff, has filed, uh, says, uh, can I just point a few things out? Uh, actually, let me, I'm not, I don't want to paraphrase. Let me read to you uh, exactly what uh, the district attorney said. He says, with particular concern for Utahns involved in the criminal justice system, especially those housed in the Salt Lake County jail facilities, Salt Lake County Sheriff Rosie Rivera and Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill have acted with equal measure. Thus, while petitioner organizations ask the court to, under the counties, to depopulate correctional facilities and remove more vulnerable populations from correctional facilities to avoid potentially catastrophic outcomes for incarcerated individuals, faculty, staff, and the public at large, they fail to realize that in Salt Lake County, those efforts have been underway for two months. In fact, some of those efforts, which you may or may not agree with, uh, they include the release of some inmates. Some of these nonviolent folks uh, have been uh, cut loose under parameters put forth by uh, or in conjunction with the sheriff's office and the district attorney's office. Also, there have been quarantine efforts. And in fact, uh, as of uh, April 15th, the Salt Lake County Jail is, uh, at least according to officials, uh, COVID free. So uh, I'm going to let the the district attorney explain all that uh, here on this program just after 2.20. We're also going to be speaking to uh, Thomas Wright. As you know, he is a candidate for governor and he, alongside his running mate, Rob Bishop, uh, they published an op-ed which points out all of the ways in which the race for governor has been impacted uh, by uh, various individuals along the way, midstream which uh, is troubling to many. Uh, you will notice that uh, there was an executive order handed down by Governor Gary Herbert in the midst of the signature gathering process uh, that changed uh, the rules and the ways that signatures uh, might be gathered. You are also aware of the lawsuit filed by Jan Garbett, candidate for governor, and it was Judge Shelby who, uh, via judicial authority, uh, changed the rules of the game. And for uh, candidate Garbett, lowered the threshold pretty significantly. The quick follow-up there is that uh, she was not even able to meet that threshold, and so she uh, withdrew her, uh, you know, her, her legal efforts and 
Anyway, uh, there are so many little things uh, that have been done to the election process as it's being as it's played out. And I understand the coronavirus uh, you know, changes the game for a lot of people and may make some of these uh, adjustments appropriate. Uh, but for the candidates uh, who have been able to navigate these waters uh, successfully, they're saying, hey, hold on, you're changing the rules for everyone. Anyway, uh, we're going to hear from one of those candidates today, Thomas Wright. He's running for governor. Uh, get some of his thoughts on the various changes that have been made to the election process. Uh, the door is wide open on my radio program uh, for the other candidates for governor. So don't think that there's any uh, you know, unfairness going on. Uh, and I'll make that known on the program today. And we're in good contact with the other campaigns. Uh, so you know, if you've got something to say uh, in your effort to you know, occupy the governor's mansion and uh, assume the position of governor here in the state of Utah, uh, you can consider me a friend and you can consider uh, this radio program or my radio program uh, to be a, you know, an opportunity for you to share uh, your uh, views with uh, Utahns. Anyway, uh, we're going to speak to another candidate as well, Burgess Owens, uh, running for Congress in the 4th Congressional uh, District, uh, running as a Republican. Uh, if I'm honest, I haven't had a chance to speak to Mr. Owens yet on this program, and I'm sorry for that. And so we're going to try to change that uh, just before three o'clock on KSL News Radio on my program uh, live, Mike. So uh, that's coming up on the show uh, now. I got about five minutes left. Let's have a look at these comments. The question uh, earlier was, should we be releasing the inmates? And I'll just go through some of these. Uh, Heidi says no. Uh, Chelsea here says no. Sherilyn here uh, says no. Jill here says it would be idiotic to release the inmates. Uh, Stan says no. Uh, Michelle, no way. Uh, Rachel, with two exclamation points, absolutely not. Uh, and you know what? As I go through these and scroll through these, um, it, uh, it's pretty universal that uh, uh, the attitude is that absolutely not. We should not uh, be releasing these inmates earlier. Uh, Kimberly here, nope, nope, nope. And in all caps from Ruth, absolutely not. Uh, uh, here we go. Um, uh, Michael says, hey, give them masks. I have to wear them. Uh, why can't they unless the masks are really useless? Uh, now, here is the thing, Michael. Uh, the masks, I don't believe, are useless. Um, I think that they do two things. Uh, the First and foremost, we know that uh, that the masks are primarily, not, not the N95 masks, but the cloth ones that you and I uh, have been asked to wear. Uh, we know that those are likely... Uh, best suited to protect uh, others from us should we be carriers of this coronavirus. Um, and I have also noticed that in the past few days, they do offer uh, a certain sense of comfort to some, uh, I, you know, just being out and about in public, uh, exercising good social distancing, of course, uh, at the grocery store or wherever, uh, that uh, that those who are wearing masks, I, I think, uh, move around a little more comfortably uh, than those who aren't. There's this this added kind of attitude. Uh, anyway, I don't want to belabor that point. We have made it. Um, <laughs> we've made it on this program a number of times. Uh, here's the thing: I, I am scrolling through these comments here, and I believe that that it is it is universal that uh, you know the, the comments which have come in on this question of uh, should we be uh, releasing these inmates early? Uh, the attitude almost universally is, is no. Here's CJ, the most comment, no. 
No, no. Uh, from Luana here. Oh, no. Uh, Andy, no. Uh, so that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I'll tell you what. Everyone tuned in right now and all these commenters, let me make a special invitation to you uh, to join me on KSL uh, News Radio. Uh, later on today, we're going to be uh, speaking uh, just after uh, 2.20 with Salt Lake County District Attorney uh, Sim Gill. He has filed a, a document uh, along with a memo along with uh, Salt Lake County Sheriff uh, Rivera <clears throat> essentially saying hey you know we've got this stuff taken care of we in the Salt Lake County jail at least uh, are able to contain this coronavirus and while the district attorney here in Salt Lake uh, nor the sheriff uh, they don't speak for any of the other counties I would like to point out that if Salt Lake County is able to get this under control uh, with the largest uh, jail in the state, largest county jail in the state, I believe that the other uh, jails certainly uh, have the capacity to uh, to safely contain and protect the inmates without opening the doors and let them go free. Uh, all right, big program today. Uh, please join me from one o'clock until three o'clock. It's going to be you and me, uh, my program here, uh, Live Mike. You see that right there? Uh, Live Mike is the name of my show. Uh, we are going to be joined again by uh, Dr. Angela Dunn. She uh, has uh, truncated her uh, her schedule uh, and is delivering these situational updates every other day. Uh, it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Today being Wednesday at 1.30, Angela Dunn uh, will be on my program delivering a situational update as to uh, the new numbers here in the state of Utah and any kind of information that we need to know uh, going forward. So I'm going to wrap it up. I'll see you on the radio, please, at 1 o'clock from 1 to 3. It's you and me, uh, live mic on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM, or, of course, on kslnewsradio.com. And we also have the app available for you to download on your iPhone, on your Android, powered by any hour services. That's it for me. Uh, see you on the radio, and I'll see you back here on Facebook Live tomorrow at 10 a.m.